Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam, flying solo once again, kind of, sort of. I have my live chat with me. So if you're here on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sam Dracula, feel free to interact with me in the live chat. If you are, um, if you want to call in and have your, like, your voices heard on the program, you can hop in my Discord and give me a call there and we can talk Hornets together. And um, yeah, if you want to, things are a little, <laughs> a little weird right now. A little weird right now. Um, had an unfortunate loss yesterday, eliminated from contention, from playoff contention, thanks to the Indiana Pacers. Salute to them. Honestly, that team showed up ready to go and they made the Hornets pay. They made the Hornets pay. Hey, hey. I see the people in the chat strolling in. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. So, yeah, it's just me. Um, a little like programming change, I guess, for for lack of a better term. Uh, Muggsy Bogues is no longer part of the podcast. Muggsy has a lot of stuff going on. He's a very busy guy. And so he's going to be focused on, on some other projects. So thank you to Muggsy. I really pre- appreciate chatting with him every week, being part of this podcast. And uh, hopefully we can have him back on as a guest at some point. But yeah, we, we continue. We continue to move with the Believe in Hornets podcast here every single week, all year long. Especially, it's gonna, we're gonna have to figure something out for the offseason. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. The NBA news never really stops. So there's gonna, there'll probably be more like NBA playoff talk during the show, but, uh, versus Hornet specific stuff. But we'll, 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 we're not gonna forget about the Hornets over here. We're not gonna, be, we're not gonna forget about the Hornets over here. But, um, man, 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 we're 24 hours removed from, uh, from that playing. And I wanted to wait to talk about it on camera. You know, or on like in real time on stream or in podcast form, because I wanted to collect my thoughts a little bit. And I have some thoughts, um, some good thoughts some positive thoughts, because easily caught in the moment of last night. But it you got to remember, it's not one game. It's 73 games, 72 regular season games, plus this playing. And there's a lot to be happy and grateful about. So we can get into all of that in a second. A reminder, if you want to um, call in and talk about the Hornets, join my Discord. You're welcome to interact with me in the live chat. But I want to say a quick thank you first to um, to Bet Online for sponsoring this podcast. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all your news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So I see the live chat. What's up, everybody? How you guys feeling? Like after yesterday, hey, Daniel, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, like so after. Does anyone feel better now that time has passed? I'm asking the live chat and I'm asking you out there listening. I feel better 24 hours later. Um, not happy, but better. I was very upset. It's, it's, it is upsetting um, to lose like that. I don't mind losing ever, but to, to lose to a depleted Pacers team in that fashion stings. And like reading and hearing the... Um, 
the quotes from the players and coaching staff yesterday and today, because today uh, we're the end of city's end of season um, media sessions for all the players and, and Borrego. And that was really, those are really fascinating to listen to. So if you haven't listened to those, go listen to them. I'm, I'm like, I'm listening to most of them. I was like halfway through the biz one before I had to jump on and record this, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And that could be a good thing long-term. So Borrego says, said last night, it's a matter of how we respond this summer. Do we use this as fuel? Do we feel sorry for ourselves? That was Borrego. And Borrego, speaking of today, doubled down on it, saying every great team, every great player experienced some type of step back. That happened yesterday. <laughs> that, that was the Hornet step back for sure. And the question is, like, how do you respond to that, right? How do you respond? And in that instance, it can only be up. But when? When does that answer come? And we have to wait a while for that answer to come, for that season to roll back around again. But I'm a believer. I'm a believer in where we're headed. And you have to be, really, if we're keeping it a buck, right? You know, I've even I've looked up some, like, inspirational quotes. It's a common thing when you're faced with a setback. So you just type in failure and inspiration in a Google. You'll find plenty of things to pull from. John Wooden, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. The Phoenix must burn to emerge. A lot of great language out there for this very moment that all applies to the Charlotte Hornets. But yeah, it's. It's tough. So, yeah, uh, someone in the chat mentioned, I, I just wonder what our draft pick is going to be. Yeah, it, that, that's where the focus is now. So we're sitting at 11, um, the 11th worst record in the league. The ping pong balls may go our way, could get lucky in the lottery again. But, bro, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a far, it's a far, um, it's a stark difference from where we were in March from like, hey, maybe we get lucky with our, our playoff seating too, trying to get lucky in the lottery seating. But it's okay. It's okay. We move. More quotes. More quotes from the boys. Uh, Cody Zeller, they just came out and punched us in the mouth, which is literal and, and figure, figurative with Cody Zeller because he took an elbow to the to the mouth. It's a common thing for Cody. I guess it comes with the, the job, the position. Um, but Cody, I thought Cody played excellent by the way last night i'm not here to break down like yesterday's game don't want to i want to let those wounds heal you know just want to hit the positives of it bridges played extremely well last night as well i thought he i thought he played very well um and speaking of bridges he says uh, it's tough to look at the positive side we just got our ass whooped today and i love it i love that from bridges i love that from bridges and he's made he's made it very clear that He's the, not the, a vocal leader on the team. More on Bridges later. More on Bridges later. But the team as a whole, way better than last year. May not seem like it with the bad taste in your mouth after yesterday. But today, the end of this season, this team is better than the team was last year. And that's a positive. And the team is better than last year during a global pandemic. This team, this team had no summer league, had constant COVID-related stressors. 
you know, constant testing, restrictions on what these guys could do when they weren't playing basketball, where they could go, where they could eat, who they can hang out with. That that could not have been easy to deal with this year. Plus limited practicing. Also, uh, just the the concern of like losing a teammate at any point for for like a week ten or seven to ten days, or having games postponed and rescheduled, having com- uh, seventy two games compact in a uh, short amount of time it was very unfavorable circumstances for these guys. So salute to them for toughing it out, for toughing it out, you know. And then you look at the record last year. The win percentage was. They won 35% of their games last year. This year, all that is now that it's said and done, 46%, 0.458%. Still a 10 seed. The the standing's the same, strangely enough. But we got the uh the inside the NBA gone fishing graphic, which is cool. It's on, you know, I'm glad we had the opportunity to go fishing. On TNT, they had uh, Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, I think Sam Darnold up there with like uh, with Lamelo and Kenny Smith. It was a, uh, it's not something you strive for, but it's cool to have to see the Hornets get some recognition on the national stage. They don't. I next year, I hope they never play on TNT again. It's it's a, it's bad. It's bad. It's been a bad run. Also, uh, uh, in the chat, Brother Eden says, "I still think something went down in that locker room before they came into the game." How can Melo have no assists or rebounds in the whole first half? It's very strange. It's very strange because that game, we saw the team with some playoff, I'm using like playoff, you know, intensity um, against the Wizards. They, the Hornets came out on fire, not like scoring wise, just intensity wise. And the intensity was different against the Pacers. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if they ran out of gas. I don't know if it was a tactical thing. I don't know if it was, it was a different lineup than we saw against the Wizards. But it was just weird. It was very weird. And the Pacers, to their credit, hit all their shots. Doug McDermott was a madman. So, again, salute to, salute to the Pacers. Salute to the Pacers. Congratulations. They get to play the Wizards. A game, by the way, I wouldn't feel too confident in anyway. So, I think that game is tomorrow. Thursday. So would you rather lost Thursday or Tuesday? Because that Wizards team is tough. It took 50 points from Tatum to put him down. You know, that's going to be a rip. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a really tough one. But it's uh, all right. So I want to talk about the players. OK, the players. I, I'm going I'm to do a proper roster breakdown season end rewards, most likely next week um, on the podcast and on stream. So stay tuned for that. So I don't want to get too deep into all of that, but I want to say just on the the positives and takeaways from the entirety of the season, I want to mention a few things about a few set of, set of guys in no particular order. And if anyone, if anyone, if I'm missing anything in the chat, please let me know. Please let me know. But uh, I have Bridges at the top of my list. Again, this is a random order. So, but this is appropriate in this specific case. Bridges emerged as a team leader, like vocally and in, and by actions. He was super vital <laughs> this entire season, playing in every single game. It took the COVID health and safety protocols to make him unavailable to us. And we saw how that team fared without him. Those six games without him were rough, were rough. And as soon as he comes back, 30 bomb. Bridges is the man. He is the process 
uh, for the Hornets, like the Hornets version of the process embodied a guy underappreciated, maybe coming out of the draft, you know, a low lottery pick who's continued to get better every year and has emerged as a team leader and one of the best players on that team. We, um, we saw him embrace the six man role and when he needs to start, he thrived in that scenario too. Whatever you needed, he got it. Uh, we saw his minutes and shot attempts per game dip this year. And then coincidentally, his shooting percentage improved along with rebounds per game, assists, and steals. This guy, I love his I love his trajectory. We all know about the dunks. We know the world the NBA world knows about his dunks. I think in year four, yeah, uh year, yeah, you're you're four miles. Um, the rest of the league will find out, we'll get a better idea what he's capable of. And I do like the idea of him training with Melo in the offseason now that they're able to do that. Um, that, that creates a, a scary a, a scary setup for the rest of the league if Melo and, and Miles can spend some time in the gym at the same time, in the same gym, and um, develop that chemistry even more. Because those two, that pairing could be something special, could be really something special uh, for the next, I'm knocking on wood here, 10 to 15 years. But also, I want to okay, give some love to P.J. Washington as well. Mind you, he's a second-year player, and they, they played him like he was a vet. Like clutch situations, he his his, his role in the starting five was solidified. Uh, not injury like ankle injuries notwithstanding, that's what it took to get him out of the starting five. Then they asked him to do something he's never done before. Today he talked about how he always considered himself a a, a four, and that's it. Now one year later, after uh, one year after playing multiple positions, he considered himself a basketball player, a more well-rounded basketball player. I love that from him. Whether or not he should be playing the five long-term, I don't know. The Hornets still need to improve that position no matter what. But PJ stepping up on the defensive end, being asked to do more defensively as a rim protector. We saw his uh, his steals and blocks go up this year compared to last year. Um, His shots per game increased from last year. So does points per game. So he's on a positive trajectory. I'm a few, I'm a huge fan of his upside and like miles, what we saw from miles in year three, I think we should expect another like more positive trajectory from PJ Washington into next year. I think he has all the tools. He's, he seems to be focused and this off season, I'm really looking forward to what he comes back in with. I I have a suspicion he's going to become a knockdown shooter next year. I've, I just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, someone says, I, no, I wouldn't have him play the five long term. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like that. He can do it. I don't want the Hornets to have to do it with him there. You know, it's a good option to have. It's a good option to have. And this is a good, a good tool set for that player to have, you know, in a crunch time situation for a matchup based situation, play small. I'm here for it. All right. Um, so next up, I'm gonna give some flowers to Terry Rozier. The team's leading scorer, the best Terry Rozier we've ever seen this year. Like, he crushed it compared to his previous NBA seasons, career highs in field goal percentage, points per game, assists per game, and three-pointers made per game. Uh, he's a flat-out bucket. I don't know where this team would be without him. I'm, I shudder at the thought. We'd be down <laughs> We'd be down with the Rockets, Pistons, and Magic without Terry Rozier, I think. Um, he, he's been so key, so key for this team. Throughout the injury issues, especially, uh, he he's in you know Terry time is a very real thing. It's a very real thing. I'm so glad the 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 the, the narrative on Terry has has changed because even when when the Hornets signed him, it was such a meme. 
People were clowning the Hornets. They had no idea what the Hornets front office was doing. This year, the front office is vindicated with Terry Rozier. And I talking it, not talk, I wish I talked to him. Terry, if you want to talk, hit me up. Hearing him talk today to the media, he was talking about how excited he is for the offseason. Another guy who is who is dedicated and interested in getting better. And the idea of Terry, <laughs> this Terry Rozier continuing to get better makes me really excited for next year again with him. The issue with him, plot twist with him, is he can leave at the end of the year for nothing if he wanted to. That's a question mark. I don't know what the Hornets do with him. What do you guys, would, you guys in the chat, what do you think, what would you want to see from Terry next year? Uh, I, would you want him to be extended? You want to trade him, get something for him, let him walk? Like, what you thinking? Um, I'm in the, I'm kind of in the mindset of extending him. I think he's too key to lose. And he talked about really loving the franchise and loving the city of Charlotte. So that's a positive sign. It's not going to force his way out either. And then he seems geared up to get better. Um, so yeah, salute to Terry for getting better from year, well, year one in Charlotte to now year two in Charlotte. Love that from him. All right. Devante, this is a tricky one because Devante missed 17 games this year in and out of the starting five because of injuries, uh, whether it's his own injuries or his teammates injuries, uh, his points per game dipped. He went from 18 points per game last year to 14 points per game this year. Excuse me. Um, and that's with taking three fewer shots per game. So he, his shot, his product, like his, his, uh, his volume took a dip as well. It's been a really rocky year, you know, and but to his credit, you can never tell by the look on his face. I don't recall ever seeing Devontae Graham really mad. And I think that's an attribute from him. He stay, he stay super positive whether he's on the floor or when he isn't. You know, there's that stretch uh, where he was out injured. I, I swear, was he wearing a Mickey Mouse sweater? <laughs> and uh, he um, was the biggest. I know <laughs> Bridges would Bridges would throw down a dunk right, and the camera cut to uh, cut to Devonte on the on the on the sideline celebrating. And he was more excited than anybody else in the building. I love that from him. And that's another thing I didn't even mention that there's no fans in the building for the first half of the season. So to have this type of growth from all these players and the team as a whole during this very weird season is, again, an attribute, something positive to take away from it beyond the beatdown we witnessed yesterday. So Devontae is a curious, is a very interesting situation, to say the least. I hope we get a resolution on it that benefits the franchise and Devontae, whether that's a mutual like trade destination or a mutual contract agreement. There's no wrong thing here, I don't think, in the short term, at least, because... Devante has a lot, can bring a lot to the table. He can bring a lot to the table and has bring, brought a lot to the table. It's just a very crowded backcourt. And so when you're talking trades and opportunities to get better, Devante makes the most sense to put in a deal and assign a trade possibly. They had that deep three last night. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, he made, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep the podcast and the stream clean. He made a uh, chicken, you know what? into chicken salad. <laughs> but yeah, he's Devontae's the man. He's the man. He's a staple in the community, obviously. And I hope whatever happens, it's in the best interest of himself and the franchise. I, I, I would hate for any 
any rift between like basically what I'm getting at to stop like tiptoeing around it. I don't want the Hornets to do to Devonte what the Celtics did to Isaiah Thomas. Like we got to take care of our guys. We put them in the best best positions to succeed here or elsewhere. All right. So moving on to the next guy, another guy in his contract year. I want to give flowers to and just highlight his growth from last year to this year. Malik Monk. Like Devonte, like Zeller, like Biz, this could be the last time we see Malik play for the Hornets. Think about that. Year four for him, for Malik. And he's, at another, he's, he's another guy with another tough year. He couldn't see the floor for any regular time until the 18th game of the season. It took 18 games for him to become a regular in the rotation. Before that, a bunch of DNPs. Before that, you play two minutes, then nothing. You play like 12 minutes one game, and then nothing again. It's crazy. It's crazy. So salute to him for persevering in a big way when needed. Now, I don't want to overstate it per se, but I love his scoring ability. You know, he's, he's shown a lot. He's shown a lot of character as that spark off the bench, which I hope for that reason – and his ability to, to be an instant bucket. Please keep Malik. Please keep him here. Please keep him here. His uh, This year, he was 44% from the floor, 40% from three. Um, I think those are all career highs. Uh, career highs and shots per game this year. So if we could somehow keep him, we, we'd avoid getting embarrassed, I think. Because Malik is one of those dudes who, if he went to the right team, you know what? I don't even want to say right team. If he goes to any other team and gets any significant minutes, people are gonna be like, what? people are wonder how we got, how we let him go. There's high, there's a high burn potential for Malik Monk if he joins another franchise, and I don't want to be on that side of it. I'm not interested in that, and I don't, I definitely don't want to play against an angry Malik Monk. He said today he's very happy here, and he hopes he can work something out given his contract situation. That's a positive sign. Way better than things were earlier when he talked publicly about his frustrations about not playing. So please take care of Malik. All right. Another guy from last year to this year, I want to highlight um, as, as a positive, Jalen McDaniels. I gave him his own video earlier in the year when he stepped up, when uh, Hayward went out injured. Get this. My guy Jalen played 16 games last year. One six. Played this year, he started 18 and he played 47 altogether. This guy, I have no idea if the intention was to slowly bring him along. Like, if there's another alternate timeline, Jalen McDaniels gets this many, gets these many minutes, but like without players getting hurt, probably not. One of the, one of the rare silver linings of the Hayward injury, Jalen McDaniels. Um, but he's a role player who can get a bucket or stop at any moment. I, I, I think he's really fun to watch. Uh, I don't I personally don't put a lot of pressure on him to do many things stat wise. So his stats may not look the most impressive. I need him when he's on the floor to, to be at the right place at the right time, you know, to, to contest a shot, to hit an open corner three. Give me that. And I'm a happy camper. Same goes for the Mark twins. Take everything I said about Jalen and just copy and paste that onto the onto Cody and Caleb Martin. But Jalen has that frame. And he's a guy that if, if he puts on some weight, 
in play. He could play or be a real threat at the four spot. I know he could solve. He could flirt with that position now, but his effort is always there. Yeah. So Hunter uh, J- Hunter Bender says uh, Jalen was playing his butt off best he could on his own against the Pacers. That block he had though. Yeah, uh, brother Eden Jalen is interesting. Seems to play with a chip on his shoulder, but he's effective. Yeah. That high intensity, plus he has a very favorable contract. He's under contract under he's already under contract next year anyway. So no worries about that. But as a guy who's like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, whatever you want to place him, depending on the opponent and who's available, off the bench, like eighth, ninth, eighth man, ninth man, tenth man off the bench. It's a it's a good place. And I think that's a big dub. And it makes me excited about next year. There's we saw depth. <laughs> um, it, like emerge over the course of the year, like resources we didn't know we had necessarily. I w- I don't want to be in a position. No offense to Jalen or the twins, where we have to rely on those guys for an extended period of time because of injuries or suspensions, or anything like that. If that's the case, that's a problem. That's how kind of how we ended up in the position we're in now. So I don't want to overstate it to you guys, but in a moment in a game. A moment in a quarter, those guys on the floor. I ain't worried about them. I, I feel good when they're on the floor. Just got to use them in a, in a got to put them in a in a good spot in a position to succeed. And that's Brago's job, not mine. The um, yeah, he needs to bulk up, but he got skills. Yeah, yep. So yeah, he was definitely tearing it up at points. The Martin twins get too much hate. They do. They do. They do. Um, I, I fully agree. Uh, Hen City, fully agree. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Gordon and Lamelo now in this section. I wanted to put them in their own section because mainly I wanted to talk about guys from last year to this year. Gordon and Lamelo obviously just joined for this season, but I just want to say my just recapping the year and looking at Gordon Hayward specific, starting with him. I'm really happy he's part of the franchise. He's very good. I was very concerned about the money at first. Kind of upset at the money at first. I was looking forward to the Hornets having cap space um, last summer and then this summer. Seeing him on the floor and watching what he can do is like, okay, I get it. I get it. Gordon's very good. He's very good. And if you look at his numbers, <laughs> they there. They're there. He clearly loved his basketball life here in Charlotte before he got hurt. Now, there were quotes from him um, today that would have him returning right about now. Like his injury, his foot injury would have had him cleared to return Friday, like this Friday. If we needed any more like salt in the wound, we could have had Gordon Hayward back this Friday if the Hornets were still in it. Feels bad, right? Feels bad, right? Hey, it is what it is. You can't help it, right? Um, so in 44 games. Just a small sample size, all things considered, but they're on par with his all-star season. Like he was an all-star in 2017 and his numbers are on that level this year. And I think the team's record without him was eight and 16. So that's, that's, that's all I really want to say about Hayward. We got shortchanged by him after he stepped on Miles Turner's foot. It's, it sucks. It really sucks. The team went on a slide, losing him, not having him, Malik and LaMelo out. Having those three guys out for an extended period of time at the same time was totally unfair by the basketball gods. I don't know what we did to deserve it, but hey, it is what it is. It's what happened. That's the, that's the reality we live in. And on the positive side for Hayward, he talked about today about he's looking forward, he's like looking forward to having a full off season, like a full training camp. 
his injury won't stop his recovery, like his, you know, offseason routines, and he'll be ready to go once the Hornets can resume basketball operations again. And there won't be any lingering effects. Because remind you, he stepped on somebody's foot. You know, it's not a back injury. It's not a spinal injury. Like, it's not, it's a fluke thing that can happen to anybody. And it happened to a lot of Hornets players this year, too. It's happened to a lot of players in the league. I think there may be a 30 for 30 on this NBA season about the injuries this year. Um, <laughs> it's, everybody had it. Like, Le- LeBron was out for an extended period. He never gets hurt. It's madness what happened this year. But anywho, last but not least, last but not least, Oh, Kev is asking about uh, Cupcheck and Borrego and MJ. You didn't miss it. Well, we'll, we can talk about it now before we talk about LaMelo. We'll, let's get into it now. So start at the top. Michael Jordan. I think he hired the best people possible to run this team and has let her, like, left it alone. I think that's what's going on. Mitch Cupcheck, Mitch Cupcheck has bodied every single draft he's been a part of and the coaching staff has done a great job of developing those talents. This team is very young. Outside of, like, if you look at the main contributors of the team, right, the guys that I just talked about. So Bridges, low lottery pick. PJ, low lottery pick. Terry, acquired via trade or signed a trade. Devontae, second round pick. Malik, low lottery pick. Jalen, second round pick. And then you factor in uh, Devontae. Yeah, I think I said Devontae. He was second round pick. Um, I think the tw- one of the twins was second round pick. The other was undrafted. This isn't these guys are good. These guys are good. They're good players, but they don't have like the highest pedigrees of like of hype of resumes let, per se. Like these, these are low lottery picks or second round picks that are being relied upon. And Borrego, I think, has done a good job of getting the most out of that. You know, he's not being asked to coach a super team. He's asked to develop these young guys into NBA players in real time with no real safety net behind him because behind those guys are more young players. And, you know, Terry, Terry walked back his walked back to his words a little bit today. He mentioned he, he wanted more veterans on the team and he kind of walked it back a little bit because he didn't want to give off the wrong impression, but he said there needs to be, he was getting off the hint that there needs to be a better balance between veterans and young players in specific to big moments like last night because he says veterans know what the playoffs are and what they mean and for the young players experience it for the first time it's a completely different experience for them they're happy to be there they may not understand the weight of the scenario and then terry's like yo this is everything without this nothing matters like you got to get this you got to perform here at this stage i love hearing that from him um, I assume he's relaying that to his teammates in the locker room as well. But on the plus side, to what he to talk to his point, the young guys have experienced it now. They've been there. They've done it now. It didn't go well, but they know what it's like. Even those last like four or five games in May leading up to uh, the, um, the play-in, all those are playoff-esque games, games that each, every one of those games mattered were crucial games and it didn't go the Hornets way, but they, the, the players experienced that. So that's another thing I'm looking like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad those guys are young players or young core got to experience meaningful basketball um, this early in their careers. 
because they can only make them better. Because I know, I know they never want to have, like what happened yesterday, I know they don't want that to ever happen again. You know that too. And I, I, I want to believe that they're going to spend this off season doing everything they can to make sure that never happens again individually, right? Maybe working with other players, but like as an individual player point of view, parallel, Borrego is going to have to go to the, go to cup check and be like, yo, we need X, Y, Z to do ABC. I, the team failed to make the playoffs. Cup check talked about that being the goal, signing Gordon Hayward for $120 million. Your goal is to make the playoffs at that point. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. The plan's cool. It's fun. Kind of super stressful. Believe that. But, uh, Hey, I hope next year they can uh, have higher aspirations and do what, need, what needs to be done to reach those goals and reach those goals. But yeah, it's which is why, which is why I'm I'm not too stressed about potentially picking 11th in the draft. I mean, I, I know this is a really good draft. It'd be awesome if the Hornets leaped up and got. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, whomever, Suggs, whatever. But I feel good with, with whoever we ended up with. And even look at last year's draft, a draft that people were saying wasn't very strong outside the top three. Halliburton was the 12th pick. You know, guys will be there. Really good players will be there when the Hornets make their selection. And then that's another added piece of the puzzle that can hopefully improve the franchise. But LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball. Rookie of the year, yes? Got to be rookie of the year. Has to be. He's the best rookie. If you want to change the name of it, give him that award. He deserves that award. But this isn't... I don't, I'm trying to avoid going on a tangent here. The Mellow Ball is the best rookie. He should be rookie of the year. That's all I have to say about that. What he brought to this team, the energy and chemistry right off the bat, out of this world, out of this world. He helped turn this team into, you know, a, a, a fun team to watch at times. Like for us as Hornets fans, the team played ex- pretty exciting basketball at moments um, at times last season. He took that, he, his arrival, along with, you know, the development of Miles and PJ, Devontae, Terry, et cetera, is not just LaMelo, but LaMelo was a key factor in the, in the, in the mix here, turning the team into like a, moderately fun team to watch to a must-see team, an NBA league pass team this year. I, I think he deserves some credit for that. <laughs> you know, I was super impressed by once he got into the starting lineup, I was super impressed by his efficiency, like his shooting from the floor overall from three, from the free throw line, immaculate, absolutely immaculate. The kid's a superstar. He's an absolute superstar. I'm so happy he's part of this franchise his energy and eagerness to, to make a play on defense. Like it's clear he's a rookie. He's 19 years old. Obviously he makes mistakes. It happens. But when he makes a mistake, he's so eager to make up for it. If he makes a bad pass, gets his pocket picked, whatever, he doesn't complain to the ref. Not all the time, at least more often than not, he's booking it back the other, back the other way to try to make a play. I, I respect the hell out of that. Then you factor in his effort on, um, is like his active hands on the defensive end. He may not always be in the right place on the floor, but he's down. If you're holding the ball too low, he'll he'll swipe at it. 
I like that. I like the energy. I like the intensity. And then even on the rebounding side, that's pure effort. He has the height. He has no, as a point guard, he has no business getting like six rebounds a game, but he does that because he can do it and he's good at it. So he brings a lot to the table and it, it makes me, it makes me uh, appreciate his ability to positively affect the game without scoring a point. You could point ahead as like one of seven, like the first, first NBA game, I was like, oh no, he's the bus. He didn't score any points. That's not his, that's not the best version of Melo. The best version of Melo is a guy that is getting his teammates involved and getting rebounds. Like, give me that. <laughs> and if you can hit, if you can hit a few three pointers in the process, hell yeah. Give me that. So like looking forward, man, looking forward and he's polar, he's polarizing, you know, that's a good point. I get it. I get it. He's been a, he's been a celebrity for a long time. He's had a lot of opportunities to pick up haters along the way. Um, deserved or undeserved. I don't know. Not for me to judge. I don't judge. Um, but as a basketball player, you can't enjoy basketball and not enjoy Lamella ball being played, um, Lamella ball on the floor. And to, to that respect, I'm excited to see how he comes back with, like what he comes back with. He could do with some more muscle, most likely on his frame to avoid any, any injuries or anything like that. He just has to, he has to, he has to get stronger. Um, and then I'm curious if he brings any, any other tools. Cause Bridges said it today. LaMelo has no ceiling. Like truly his potential is limitless. It really is. It truly is. And it's up to cup check and Borrego to put the best players around him. So we can hit what could be his full potential. Talking all-star. But next steps. The roster has to get better, like I mentioned. If they want to make the next step up in the East and stay there, work needs to be done. We talked about it all year. A center needs to be included and added into the team. Zeller and Biz are gone. Well, sorry, they're not gone. They're kind of contracts expire. So who knows with that? You know, uh, I don't know if Zeller wants to compete for a ring. Like, does Zeller want a ring chase? I have no idea. I'm sure he wants to win. All players want to win. But I think Zeller could be a decent backup center for a contender. Um, like, I I like Cody. I like what Cody brings. Can't lie. Can't lie. Um, and then you have, so if those guys are gone, you're left with Vernon Carey and Nick Richards. Two second round picks. That's not going to cut it. So somewhere, somehow, the Hornets have to address the center position. I would love for them to address the um, another wing, not a guard per se, but a guy that can play the three um, and offer, for sure, a knockdown shot. But a, guy, a three and D wing that could spell Gordon Hayward. That'd be Hayward's backup, Okay. That's, that's, that's what's in my head. Just to bridge the gap between Hayward and McDaniels. So to A, to not rush McDaniels' development. McDaniels could then float between the three, four, and five if need be. And then you have that, like that specialist, that small ball, fe- small, small ball, small forward specialist um, at the three spot. Um, that'd be ideal. Um, obviously, they probably may be asking for too much. I don't know. But maybe we can, if we can somehow swing that, I think that'd be the perfect offseason. Um, 
as well as figuring out what to do with Devontae and Malik. That's beyond that's beyond me. That's a that's a podcast for a whole another day. Uh, yeah, um, Lonzo. I, I low key think Lonzo ends up on the Bulls somehow, some way. They seem very eager to get him at the deadline, and I've seen nothing but Lonzo to the Bulls. Um, <laughs> in uh, um, on the uh, on on the internet, but if he's available, depends what the asking price is. I feel like it'd be pretty high, but it'd be cool. It'd be really really cool. It'd be really 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 cool um, to get the the ball boys on the same team. And then, like, the, the thought of nothing happening has me interested as well. Like, what does that look like? Like, if they do absolutely nothing and it's just on the, the own inertia of the player development. Because I think the roster as is, when healthy, can compete with anybody. Like, if you told me no new players, the exact same team was back next year, I think we – and. No one got hurt, obviously. I think we got the eight seed on lock. Maybe higher. If the team is healthy, knowing that everyone has one more year of experience. So the front office has to weigh that. Has to weigh that. And no matter what, we need more. Like, I, I like Brad Wanamaker, but that's, that, that needs to be addressed as well, for the most part. But... I know that I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm sad the season's over. I'm really sad the season's over. I'm excited to watch the rest of the playoffs. And uh, I guess I'll be looking at lottery picks here. <laughs> Got to do some homework on some, uh, some of these potential draft picks. But I listen, I appreciate. Oh, yeah, brother. Eden. Yeah, the ticket sales of the Ball Brothers. Oh, man, it'd be a packed house. That's another thing. The Hornets announced they increased the, the stadium capacity, the arena capacity to 12,000 for the play-in or playoffs. That been st- and out, man, the energy in that building with all those people cheering this team on in the playoffs would have been mad. If, the, if, if this Hornets team could have had that opportunity playing like we know they can play against the Sixers, we could have, we could have taken a game from them. I know we could have. I know we could have. Cody Zeller in the chat. <laughs> never that, never that, never that. I straight up think Cody Zeller signs with a contender. I'm not kidding. I think <laughs> I think he goes to like uh, like Denver or something like that in the offseason. And I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. But anyway, I appreciate everyone supporting this podcast. We're here for the long haul every single week on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, um, on my YouTube, youtube.com slash Sam Dracula. So, hey, listen, we're not stopping. Hornets basketball never really stops unless you're playing the Pacers. And uh, hey, listen, we have a, we're here to have a good time. What's better than talking about Hornets basketball? You know, what could be better? Hey, you've been listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking it out. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.